Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. I'm going to let you open it up and give a preface to what we're getting into. Perfect, perfect. When we get into this. All right, let's get into it now. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning into another fun-filled episode of Flawedcast. As always, I am with my well-balanced and centered <laughs> yeah. centered compadre partner in crime, Jason. What's up, Will, Willie Will? Not a lot, my friend. I uh, want to thank everybody for the great comments. I want to thank everybody for following, liking, sharing us. Just really appreciating the positive feedback and uh, all the love that we're getting. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow. You can listen to us anywhere podcasts are. Apple Podcasts, Flawcast, Google Play, Breaker. Uh, we are on YouTube. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure you ring that bell. Uh, leave us some five-star comments if you don't mind. Uh, we, we appreciate it. If you need to get in touch with us, flawedinc.com uh, info at flawed inc we are on facebook twitter instagram parlor gab and uh, we're always posting stuff up there especially our episodes and little memes little things to keep you focused keep you laughing and that's that's kind of it just hit us up if you need anything let us know all right man let's get in the arena let's get in the arena all right so uh this episode I'm, the title might sound a little like what? Because uh, it's called The Long Defeat. And this is taken from a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien, who uh, many of you may know him. If you don't, he authored the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well as The Hobbit. And he, very spiritual man, if you like ever read, not just watch the films, but if you ever read, there's a lot of real basic, just good spiritual principles that kind of transcend. But basically, this episode, despite the title, is to give you hope. The purpose of this is to try to give you a thing to look at, to focus, to put your trust into, to help you try as much as you can gaze past the horizon. And uh, I love uh, juxtaposition. I love oxymorons. And the idea of a episode being called The Long Defeat, wanting to give you hope, I just love the the contradiction in that. But, uh, and this is going to really set a precedence for what we're going to be. But I want Jason, if you can go ahead and read that, you know, where I got that quote is called Annex.com. Basically, it's a quote from Tolkien. And this is a quote like I've known for a while. And when I was thinking about preparing everything that's going on, I was thinking about this quote, I'm like, yes, because even though it, the quote's called The Long Defeat, you can Google it, but we're going to share it with you. There is such a sense of hope and hopefulness and centeredness and groundedness and purposefulness in this quote for me. And I, we want to be able to give that and share that with you. So go ahead, if you don't mind, my, my good bearded friend, much like Gandalf. Yeah, right. In accordance with his strong Christian beliefs, Tolkien saw this phrase as applicable to all of human existence, which had been tainted by original sin since the fall of man, and would remain so until the second coming. He stated in a letter, Actually, I am a Christian, and indeed a Roman Catholic, so that I do not expect history to be anything but a long defeat, though it contains, and in a legend may contain more clearly and movingly, some samples or glimpses of final victory. The idea, the notion of a long defeat, having read a lot of Tolkien's work, uh, I was first actually brought about this thought reading a particular series of Batman comics called 
the long Halloween. It takes place over a year. It's a really, it's one of the best series of, of graphic novels for Batman. If you, if you haven't read it, it's fantastic. But the whole idea of this is, is that history will be nothing but a long defeat. Uh, there was a famous quote from, I believe it was, yeah, it was Margaret Thatcher. And her quote was, you may have to fight a battle more than once to win it. And the idea of a long defeat is simply this, is, is that at the end there will be ultimate victory. What I'm seeing in terms of the landscape now that we're viewing is there's panic, there's fear, there's confusion. People are being angry at one another. I read some stuff in my feed yesterday. I just saw my neighbor go to the grocery store and they brought back extra toilet paper. They're so selfish. Or I saw someone go out of their house and they weren't wearing a mask. And You know, listen. I respect your opinion, but not everybody is going to subscribe to that. Not like everyone's going to subscribe to what we're telling you, and that's okay. But what I want to do, what we want to do is try to give people some hope. We may have to fight a, a battle more than once before we're going to win the war, and that, that's kind of what I want to focus on. But more importantly, what I want to focus on things that give us hope, because everything is temporal. Everything we see here will pass away. Our lives, in many respects, are purposeful and meaningful, but they're fleeting. The next scripture that Jason's going to read is my absolute favorite scripture in the entire Bible. And if I had to quantify my life purpose into a group of words and one Bible verse specifically, it would be this, and it's Acts 20:24. Jason, if you can go ahead and read this, this is... Yeah, so we're going to do this in two different versions. We got the New International Version, then the message. Do it. All right, so here's a new international version, Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Here's the same thing, Acts 20, 24, in the message. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. That's nice, man. That to me is hope. I'm going to dissect that and I'm going to share. I'm going to be real, real. You know, a lot of our episodes I'm pretty honest with and open, but I'm going to share what that means to me. What that means is no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I go through, no matter what I endure, what I face, what challenges me, when Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me except... His goal, my goal, is to, and I love how the Message Bible words it, to testify to the incredibly extravagant generosity of God. That's my life mission. This goes back to conversation we had years ago. You know, what's your purpose? What's your why? I want to make an internal impact in people's lives. For me, that's it. That gives me hope. Right. The understanding and the acknowledgement that life is a comma. It is not a period. Whatever happens, there is a continuation after we take our last breath, after we go tits up, after we buy the farm, take a dirt nap, whatever. You go the way the rest of the world, however you want to put it. That is just simply a comma. And Tolkien talks a lot about that in his writings, especially, you know, in regards to the Lord of the Rings. However, where I want to come from and what I want to share with people is things are hard. Like life is like a long defeat. Not always, you know, you win some things, but the idea of a long defeat in many ways to me is hopeful because as Tolkien says at the end, the hope that there is a victory, the hope that after we live this life, that there is that promise that, you know, if you're a Christian spending eternity with God, spending in his presence with him, 
One of the things I've really been thinking, and one of the things that's, you know, last episode I said, I purposed, I'm not going to live my life in fear. This next scripture is one that's really helped to make me feel assured in that, that I'm not going to live my life in fear, that no matter what happens, I'm going to be as generous as I can. I'm going to try to be as generous as I can. I'm going to try to love as much as I can. I want to look out for my friends and family as much as I can. And that whatever happens, I'm okay with. So Jason, go ahead, if you if you don't mind sharing those as well. Yeah, so uh, Revelation 12, 11, we're going to read it first, the New International Version. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Revelation 10, 12, the message. They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. They weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. So, you know, Revelation is the end of the book, end of the Bible. That's where everything wraps up. And, and there's a lot I can unpack theologically, but I'm going to basically, I'm going to boil it down and make it as quick as I possibly can. My understanding is, says, going back to the NIV, they triumphed over him. We're talking about, effectively, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about these evil forces. We're talking about this darkness. We're talking about that left-hand path, that the unrighteousness. We talk a lot about, you know, choosing the, the spirit over the flesh. The devil is that master over that flesh, if you will. We make individual choices, but... You know, he's the, you know, the scriptures say he's the accuser of the brethren. So we're talking about triumphing over this evil, which is personified within Satan by the blood of the lamb, which is first and foremost, the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus is known as the lamb of God. We overcome him, the devil, by what Christ has done for us, a sacrificial act on the cross. And then it says we overcome them with the word of our testimony, which basically telling people, look, this is what God, this is what Jesus has done in my life. But the other thing, and this is where I really want to focus, and this is the, where I see the connection between the long defeat and this, is that they loved their lives not unto death. That, to me, echoes back to what Paul said. However, my life is worth nothing to me except. You know, it says in Philippians, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And we have some other quotes here from other people that I personally find very inspiring. But what I really want to convey to people is that no matter what happens here, no matter how desperate things become, if they become desperate, no matter how the wind may blow, however the tide may turn, however the chips may fall, whatever the dice rolls, there is that promise is that this life is merely a comma, and what happens after this life is that period. So... Loving our lives not unto death, loving the fact that we have a purpose, you know, that purpose is, you know, for me at least, testifying about the extravagant generosity of God or testifying to the mercy of God's grace, which all kind of ties back to overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So for me, what I want to be able to convey is there's hope. There is hope in a long defeat because it isn't necessarily the defeat it's what comes after yeah. that you find the hope in. It makes a lot of sense. I, I got to be honest with you, I haven't thought of, I haven't thought in that angle before. I guess I get so caught up with, you know, what's going on and uh, not I mean just what's going on here, just in life in general, um, especially having all the kids I have. And yeah, I, I, I get caught up, I guess, in the forest or in the trees, right? You can't see the forest through the trees kind of thing. And what you're kind of saying is, uh, let's step back a minute. It, it's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times in life we, we do get caught up in the in the trees, right? We can't see the whole forest. We can't we can't see that um, that it is only a comma, that there is a there is hope. There is a no matter what happens, no matter what's happening, um, there's always hope. 
um, because I hope is there will be more after the comma of, you know, the life that we're living right now, but to, to be open. And um, this just goes back to our last episode as far as being prepared and making sure that we are right with God, making sure that we are spiritually where we need to be and prepared so that, so that we can have that comma be in the right direction after that comma. Yeah. There's just two different things that can happen after that comma. <laughs> smoking or non-smoking. <laughs> right. And, and hopefully we can go to non-smoking. Yeah, not to make light of anything. But to me, the big takeaway is that, and you know what, honestly, I get. I think right now what you just said, uh, not seeing the forest for the trees is an excellent way to word that because I feel like a lot of us are there. And yeah. it wasn't until the other day. I think a lot of us live there, Bill. Well, yeah. yeah. Right now we might be in it with... The this immediate thing, but whatever the immediate thing is in our life, our lives, right? It yeah. may it may be this right now, but that could change, right? So, what was it prior to the coronavirus and all this shutdown? What was it prior, right? It was something. Sure, we were probably caught up in the forest and right, or caught up in the trees and and now it happens to be this coronavirus and this sort of thing and whatever. It's it's always something though that that we're focused on the short term, focused on the immediate. And I think it's really important that we take a step back and see that there's much more to it than that. Sure. And listen, it's difficult because for me, I see the effect that stuff has in life. And especially, you know, one of the things I've really been thinking about is at, at least, you know, the age that you and I are at, there's this idea that we are into this place where we should be building, solidifying, ensuring things to help us for the rest of our lives, i.e. marriages, i.e. careers, investments, so on and so forth. And then to have that, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a career, whether it be, you know, whatever investments, whatever it is, to be taken away suddenly, unexpectedly, that's hard. Yeah. That's really, really, really hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking personally, and you feel like I've not traversed these waters before. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what to do. And for me, the one thing that helps keep me centered is like Paul's words. However, I consider my life nothing to me. It's why that was what was reverberating in the back of my mind years ago when we had that conversation, Bill, what's your why? This is what helps me move forward, knowing that just me individually, like if I die, not to sound morose, if I die, I die. For me, there's a reward in that. Like it says in Philippians, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, that's really what my heart longs for. And, you know, when we talk about reading your scripture, getting right with God, it's a process and a journey that we begin to envelop and we get, we develop, you know, like you and I've been friends many, many, many years. The relationship that we have didn't just happen. Right. This, it's been purposeful. We've had disagreements. We've had, you know, we've not seen eye to eye, but we worked those out and we've been there for one another. It's communicating. It's the same thing with God. The relationship I have is different than the relationship Jason has, and that's how it should be. But what I want to say to you is the idea of loving our lives not unto death. 
being generous with our lives. You know, the episode we had about the gentleman with Charity Water. You know, like this is a gentleman that I like, listen, going into these places that these war zones, these places where, you know, disease and, and, and all this stuff runs rampant and trying to bring hope, saying like, listen, if I can be a vessel to help people extend and improve their quality of life, then that fulfills me and brings about a change in my spirit that I whether I'm here for six months, six years, 60 years, whatever the case may be, that is going to be the best investment, the best insurance, the best love that I can put myself and and devote myself to. Yeah, I mean, that's really well said. You know, and it, it's different. Like, like you said, Bill, it's different for everyone where my focus is probably uh, I've got a layer in there where I have those other six people in my life, right? And they're kind of the first layer of who I'm trying to impact and who I'm trying to, you know, you want to make an impact in other people's lives. I need to make an impact. It's my responsibility as a father and a husband to impact those six people's lives. But if I don't stop there, I also have a responsibility to be able to help impact others in different ways, on different levels. And everyone impacts differently. This goes back to one of my favorite verse in uh, Romans, you know, if you teach, teach, so yeah. on and so forth. So and that's what makes us all a little bit different. Getting right spiritually and making an impact in other people's lives is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You're going to impact people based on who you are, what your strengths are, uh, what you're blessed with. Everyone has different strengths and everyone's blessed differently. You, you don't have to, don't get caught up thinking that if you can't give money, that you're not impacting people's lives. And, and I guess I spent a long time thinking that is how it worked. If you couldn't help someone out financially, then, and that's where I was brought up in in the church and we talk about the tide. It's not what I thought it was. There's lots of ways to impact other people. It it could be a smile, simply a smile. It can be, as Bill was saying um, in other episodes anyway, with what's going on right now, just reaching out to his neighbors. Uh, One of the things I love about Bill is when I call, talk to him about something or he asks what's going on and I tell him, his first response is always, how can I help? No matter what it is, I might be like, I'm cooking dinner. He'll be like, how can I help? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm good, bro. It's macaroni and cheese. We're cool. But <laughs> but that's who Bill is. It's always, well, how can I help? And, you know, a lot of times I sell Bill because I think one of the ways that Bill personally makes an impact in my life is um, through prayer. Uh, a lot of times, I, I can't tell you how many times I call Bill and say, Bill, or text him, either I need you to pray for this person or can we pray for this person? That's one big way that Bill personally makes a, an impact in mine and many other people's lives. There's other things he does as well, but I'm, I'm just trying to share that there, there's other things that can be done. There's lots of different things that could be done. One of the way Bill impacts my life is is the teaching piece. Um, there's a lot of teaching. You know, he, he literally uh, went to school. He knows the Bible. And I'm not saying he's the smartest person ever lived in the world and he knows the Bible <laughs> no. better than anyone, but he has a very good understanding of the Bible, much better than myself. And, you know, he helps teach me and I learn a ton uh, about the Bible through him. So there, there's lots of different ways. Um, and there's a bunch of other things Bill does to impact people's lives, right? But that's his why. And again, my why is first and foremost, my immediate family and then from there, my extended family, and then from there, friends and people in general. Whatever I can do to lend a hand or make a comment or give a smile or whatever I happen to have to offer to be able to 
impact someone in a positive way. That's always been kind of my goal. And I didn't know it for a long time. It's just kind of who I was. And, and now I know it. And I'm not perfect. I can be angry and mean, especially if I'm hungry or tired. Stay away from me. But uh, <laughs> I can be a dick. For sure. I'm far from perfect, but in general, I want to help people and make sure that they have what they need some way. Um, that might be something I can personally do or put them in contact with someone that can help them or whatever it may be. But uh, in general, I want to make people's lives pre-comma is great as possible. And you do. And you said something that just reminded me of something that happened Friday. I got an email from a person I work with I hadn't talked to in a while. And, you know, they just said, hey, listen, you're on my heart. I hadn't talked to you in a while. I just want to make sure everything's good. And that really did make my day. And it's those little things like that. You know, I heard a quote. I'm not going to, I can't quote it But the essence of the quote is what's important. And essentially, it's don't leave your legacy in material goods. Leave your legacy written across the hearts of men. We had a conversation about somebody. I forgot who it was. But like this person's like generational wealth is what they created. And that's great. That's that's remarkable if that can happen. I'm not a rich man by any means. But... What I want to be rich in and what I want to be known for is like bringing people together, like introducing people and trying to help people, you know, more specifically introducing people to to God and to help them cultivate that uh, relationship. But to me, if I get so concerned about I can't be me and I can't live the life that I feel led to live because of this or because of that, that's not operating in that vein where I feel like I need to be. And that's why last episode I said, I'm not going to live my life controlled by fear because I know no matter what happens to me, if I just stay the course, if I just keep loving God, loving people, doing the best I know that I can do eventually. And that's the idea of that long defeat, that eventually there will be a reward and there will be a payoff. Not that, you know, you should have a relationship with God so you can go to heaven. You know, it's not like fire insurance, if you will. Right. It's about And it it takes a while to develop. And this actually ties into an episode we had a few episodes back about the law of reciprocation. Reciprocation. Very much so. It's very, very much can be tied in together. Like you said, it's not insurance. It's doing the right thing. You know, again, one of my favorite values that I, I work so hard, so hard with my kids on, and I know it's not something you necessarily pick up as a kid on everything, but hopefully I'm doing a good job of teaching it, so... As they get older, it becomes more and more and more apparent and aware that it's the right thing to do. But integrity, integrity, I think, is one of the greatest values anybody can have. And a definition of integrity is doing the right thing even when nobody's looking. Yeah. Right? Especially when nobody's looking. I think that's really, really important. You do the right thing all the time. I'm not saying we don't make mistakes. We do. We do. But in general, if that's your focus, if that's the life you're trying to live, that you do the right thing, no matter who's looking, just because it's the right thing to do, that, man, that is, that's what it's about. That is... The word I use for that is posturing. I mean, come off a little judgmental, but <laughs> that's, you know, you're posturing, you're presenting your, you know, your best side for the camera, if you will. It becomes a habit like anything else. If yeah. you get in the habit of doing the right thing, it just becomes a habit. You just do it. You know, and, and that's and that's really what it's about because you can get in the habit of doing the wrong thing. I just had this conversation with one of my sons where he's really getting in the habit of taking the easy path. He's really getting in the habit of being a little bit lazy and just taking whatever road is easiest. 
onto things that he doesn't care for, which, you know, as a kid going to school, you can imagine are a lot of things. He wants great results, of course, but he doesn't want to put in the time and the effort. Um, and it's becoming a bad habit, right? It's turning into him lying because it's easier than talking about what really happened, right? It's right. turned into a lot of bad things. And we just had this conversation uh, last week about it. And it's something that he's really going to have to work on. It's not going to change overnight. And he's a really good kid. He really cares about other people a lot. He's just creating some bad habits right now. And, you know, again, this is where I talk about my why. My why is to help him correct those habits and not take the easy way. Choose the righteous path. So going back to the Tolkien quote, the idea of the long defeat, because I guarantee when he he's going to try and he's going to feel like he failed. And it's the idea that you keep trying and that eventually the desired results will manifest you know it's and that's like how it works though yeah like things, things don't always just fall in your lap do you have some immediate and again this ties back to other episodes we've talked about do you have is there sometimes where you get immediate reward and you're still doing the right thing there are times but typically that immediate reward comes from the flesh not the spirit it comes from feeding the flesh it comes from right. feeding the devil version of you on your shoulder it's not usually the right thing sometimes again sometimes there can be immediate reward. There's going to be long-term reward, and sometimes immediate reward will go with it as well. It does happen. However, if you're doing things just for immediate reward, you're oftentimes focused only on the flesh, only about feeling good, only about yourself, not others, not an end game, not the long defeat you're looking at, right? right. Um, and that, what you just said, is your sole reward. Right. It is. You're not doing it for recognition. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for whatever. There are things that we do that for. I mean, my career, I love what I do and I do a lot of what I do in my career because I really like to help others, but I also do it to make money now so that I can have a home and a car and feed my kids and do all that stuff. So there are things we do in life that we have to do. Right. Um, not, not wrong things. I don't do anything wrong in my career. I'm not like a hitman or anything crazy, but, um, do you paint houses? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, ultimately, you know, we do do some things for immediate reward uh, because we need to, but ultimately, I'm saying in life, in general, in life is uh, you know not focusing on the immediate reward, focusing on that that long term, the long defeat, as you say, Bill, doing the right thing all the time, even when no one's looking, having a why, understanding your why, and living every day to try to try to meet that why. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. We have good days, we have bad days. Uh, it's just how life is because life is hard and it is a long defeat. It's yeah. If it was easy, a couple of the other quotes I have here. If it was easy, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. That's the reality. That's exactly it. Some of the other quotes I have here. One from Albert Einstein says, "Learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. The important thing is not to stop questioning." you know, or not stop trying or not stop evaluating, I would say. I like this one from Calvin Coolidge, who we've quoted on a couple other episodes. Little progress can be made by merely attempting to repress what is evil. Our great hope lies in developing what is good. I really like that one. Yeah. Read that one again, Bill. It says, and once again, this is Calvin Coolidge, who, you know, is he, a couple episodes ago, is wisdom lingers. He goes, you know, knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. I, until I really started getting into Calvin Coolidge, I had no idea, like, wow, this guy's, you know, kind of, you know, interesting. It says, little progress can be made by merely attempting to repress 
what is evil. Our great hope lies in developing what is good. That reminds me of a lot of things living in the business world that I live in. But what it's saying is, let's don't focus on the evil. Let's focus on the good. And if we focus on the good, and that's what we focus on, if that's where we have our sole focus... We'll defeat the evil anyway. Right. It's not merely putting your head in the sand or choosing to blatantly ignore that there is evil. It's understanding and acknowledging that's there, but there is also good. And harnessing that good, developing that good, putting yourself into that good, that I, that's what I take from that. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really great quote. Yeah. Uh, the last one from Anne Frank, who is so inspirational. I simply can't build my hopes on a foundation of confusion, misery, and death. I think peace and tranquility will return again. And I wanted to end on that quote because... Put yourself, try. We can't. Try to put yourself in Anne Frank's place when she said that. Think about what she went through. Yeah. What she was living. And to have that kind of mindset. Yes, that kind of perspective. And that's what... She's in the arena, my friend. Yeah. yeah. More than we would ever know. That's right. And she wouldn't give in to it. She wouldn't give in to, as Kavach Coolidge said, she wouldn't give in on just focusing on repressing the evil, right? Her great hope lied in developing what is good. I think peace and tranquility will return again. That's where her focus was. Yeah, there's bad stuff, but I'm not going to build my foundation on confusion and misery and death. I'm not going to, I know it's there. I'm not going to build my foundation on that. I'm going to build my foundation on the fact that I believe peace and tranquility will return again. And that's exactly the point I wanted to make. And that's exactly why I think what she said there, I cannot build a foundation on confusion, misery, and death. And I think a lot of people are right now. And in our, in general, but I think, you know, I think we're going to we see the, a lot of help. I, I think we're going to see the best and the worst from people. Well, there's no during doubt. This, this, crisis, this is but, where you got to be very careful, right? This is where you got to be very careful on where you're getting your information, what you're watching, what you're feeding. Are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding right. your spirit? Right. And a lot of the and this isn't a cut on anyone, but let's face it. The mainstream media is all focused on the flesh. They're focused on ratings. They're focused on money. They do that by creating fear. We as people like to watch the fear side of things, like to watch the bad. That's why that's all you see on the news. That's feeding the flesh. So be careful what you keep feeding into yourself. Um, This is where there are some great things. uh, As Bill mentioned in another episode, my wife and her friend, it's really my wife and her friend who created this Hope Prevails, and they're working on uh, really helping out healthcare workers and whatnot as far as bringing up their spirits. And that's why it's called Hope Prevails, because they're trying to not get caught up feeding the flesh or trying to feed the spirit. They're trying to focus on the good, build a foundation upon Hope Prevails, about prevailing, about defeating You know, we can call it just coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. They're calling it the silent or the whatever enemy, whatever you want to call it. I really don't care. But it's really defeating evil. That's what we're defeating right now. Let's focus on the good and let's build the foundation upon the good. Build the foundation upon helping others, upon checking in on others, upon doing the right thing. And you've got to do that by feeding the right side. So try to stay positive. In order to stay positive, you have to look at and read positive things. Don't just read the negative all the time, the bad. 
if that's what you're going to build your foundation upon, it's going to be a long, nasty yeah. road. I love, and even like the tagline, you know, be contagious, spread hope. I want this episode to do that. I really do. I want us to realize that social distancing, purelling, wearing masks, doing, that's all part of acquiring wisdom. But don't put your hope into those things alone. Put your hope into the fact that there is more outside. Well, I want to say that a different way. Okay. Because I like what you're saying. Don't build your foundation upon mm. the mask that you wear. Yeah. The the buying 75 rolls of toilet paper every week, just in case. Don't build, build your foundation upon it. It doesn't mean not to do those things, to wear the mask, to make sure that you have supplies, right? We just did a preparedness mm-hmm. episode. So we're not saying not to be prepared, not to prepare yourself when you go outside by wearing the gloves and taking sanitizer and washing your hands and wearing a mask and all those things. What we're saying is that's not the foundation foundation we're building. That's the wisdom you use. Yes. Build the foundation on on hope. You know, and I, I love how you just word that. That works so great because I don't want to throw shade on anybody, but I'm not I'm not going to live my life in fear. If I see you, I'm gonna give you a hug because I love you. And you know what? It's not being careless, but it's about how I'm choosing to live my life and knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what fate may befall me. I am making the willful decision to realize I'm not loving my life unto death. I'm not going to be ruled by the idea of fear. Oh, if this happens or, oh, whether it be the Wuhan coronavirus or, you know, I'm not going to live my life hampering who I am because of what may happen. I, yeah, I with won't. With that said, it doesn't you know. mean we, we don't be wise and Absolutely. especially respect other people. Yeah. Um. However... Don't let it control you because right. then at that point you are no not only are you not in control but God is not in control. That's that whole cyclical idea of reciprocity. If fear is controlling you, and the Bible says in 1 John 4:8, perfect love casts out all fear. If we believe in whom God says he is, let us use a, a measure of faith. Let us use the wisdom he's given us and let us realize that I mean, this life is just a comma, it's not a period that there are things that are precious, there are things that are fighting for and that there are things that even if our demise may come, that we meet that in a manner that is loving and befitting the life that you choose to live. So here's a great quote I just want to share. When you accept the fact that sometimes seasons are dry and times are hard and that God is in control of both, you will discover a sense of divine refuge because the hope then is in God and not in yourself. Who said that? Charles Swindoll, okay. one of my favorites. That's a good one. He also has that, my favorite quote, I have a Charles Swindoll quote in my office about um, attitude. Uh, attitude is a big it's thing, one a little thing that makes quotes. a big difference. Yeah, well, he talks about um, attitude is 90%. Everything that happens to you is 10%. Yeah. Right? Well, it's like uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. The problem isn't the problem. The problem is your view of the problem or something like that. But I think that's good. And I don't think what we're telling people don't use wisdom. If you don't feel comfortable doing A, B, or C, then don't. For you, that's your choice. That's your decision. However, the thing I would just encourage you is that when those moments come and you find yourself crippled by fear and doubt and you are not able to express who you are, I want to encourage you at those moments to understand maybe there's something else going on. Maybe it's something else at play. And maybe it's the idea of John the Revelator writes, you know, loving your life not unto death. Or when Paul says, however, my life means nothing to me except. That's all. That's the idea of the long defeat. That is a remarkable notion that, to me, is full of hope and full of wonder. And what I can tell you is this, is that it's easy to succumb to things that you aren't 
aware of in that your imagination is a powerful tool. It can help be the most creative driving force in your life, or it can be the most debilitating, crippling thing. Like St. Salome says, it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. I would just say that fear is not a good master. Fear is a belittling, diligent master who has no mercy and grace. Choose to not live your life by fear. Choose to live your life with the idea that this is just part of many of the battles that we are going to fight in our life. And we are now sort of fighting it together, and I'm starting to see different divisions and different factions. You know what? Let's argue about politics. Let's argue about medical procedures, treatments, blah, 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 afterwards. Right now, I think the best thing we can do is be calm and continue to realize, for me, do what you like. But for me, I'm not going to love my life so much under death. I'm not going to hold on to this mortal coil, as I've heard it say, that I'm not going to help or express or love or give a hand to somebody, literally or figuratively, you know? Absolutely. Hope prevails. Hashtag hope prevails. Hashtag. Hashtag. All right, man. Great episode. Yeah, I think so. All Get right. Get in the arena. Get in the arena. Out. I know you.